Hey guys, welcome back to Gay Men Going Deeper. I'm back, my name is Michael, and with me today I have the usual foursome. So we have Matt, Callan, and Reno. And on today's episode, guys, we wanted to talk about our relationship with the gay community, specifically relating to how we fit in. So I'll talk a little bit first about my experience. Um, I remember when I came out at the age of 19, there wasn't too much, um, how should I say, too much out there in the media in terms of having uh, a lot of gay icons or what's the word I'm looking for, guys? Role models. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Role models. So I really didn't know what to expect. And then when I moved to Toronto, um, that's where I kind of saw that there was this entire huge community of, of gay men. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found my people. And it felt really good to me. However, I learned shortly thereafter that it's not one big happy family as they like to tell you on TV or during Pride. There was in fact a lot of infighting, a lot of A gays, B gays, and they all just kind of fought with each other. And I really didn't like that part of the gay community. So it took me even longer than to find my own personal tribe. And so that didn't happen for a few years later and I found it very hard to trust, um, specifically men in that, um, like it, gay men who potentially would be single with me. Like there was a lot of that sense of fighting with each other to like get the guy and this kind of cattiness that I didn't love. However, um, luckily that kind of went away when I found some really awesome friends and we, we got to connect on a deeper level that wasn't about sex. So um, I think in a previous episode, I talked about how there was a time in my life where as a gay man, if I met another gay man, there was a 99% chance we'd fuck. And once I sort of started to approach gay men with this um, attitude of learning who they are as a human, not as a potential sex partner, then I really became to, began to deepen my connections with gay men. And therefore my community became a lot more um, fulfilling for me. So not to say that I have like lots of gay friends, but the ones that I do have, I cherish very, very much. And they're like brothers to me. And I think that even with these four guys, or three guys here, um, you know, meeting them just this year has been a huge benefit for my own relationship with the gay community because you guys, the three of you, uh, remind me that there are a lot of different tribes and that it's not always about twinks and bears and tops and bottoms. It's about people who are willing to connect with you consciously and very deeply. And so uh, that's a bit of my journey in the gay community. I still have times where I don't love it, especially when I see so much of the, I mean, the things that we talk about in the brotherhood a lot, which is, you know, people kind of approaching their life from a place of pain and not, not healing that shame that is directing their life. And that is part of the reason why I do what I do. Right. I think we all can kind of share that, but it does frustrate sometimes that, that we're not making as much progress as personally that I would like to see. So that's a bit of my relationship with the gay community. So I wanted to take this moment to see what Reno has to say about it. <laughs> so last year, um, it's probably summertime. I was on Grinder, and there was a guy who I remember seeing um, not just in the gay scene um, at the nightclubs, but also uh, we ended up in a couple of communications classes together in university. And um, I used to see him and his friends out at the, the nightclub. 
And I had this sort of animosity and resentment toward them. Uh, I viewed them as these, you know, really sort of good looking, um, you know, kind of catty and bitchy and, and cool gays. Um, you know, they, they cottaged in the summer and, you know, went away for weekends and had their own little clique and their, you know, really cool um, careers and, and, and things going on. And, um, and I sort of watched them with um, envy and, and probably jealousy too. And I remember that shifted when I ended up meeting one of them specifically at an event. And, um, and then again in our classes together. And we got to know each other. And then just last year, uh, I was on Grinder and I saw him on there. And I ended up messaging him and we started to have a conversation. And I sent him some photos and he was like, oh, wow, it's you, um, woof, you know. Uh, and, and he was really flirtatious and really excited um, to, to see me and, um, you know, and, and, and praised me for my, my appearance. And, um, and we actually, he ended up coming over to my place um, some days later. And we ended up sitting on the couch and, and talking for <clears throat> probably about an hour before we had sex. And I remember in this dialogue that we had sharing really honestly and openly with him about my experience of him and, and the group. I said, you know, I used to have a crush on you and I also didn't really like you. I thought that you were kind of bitchy and I felt like an outsider um, in relation to your particular group of friends. And actually one of, one of the members of that group is one of my best friends now. Um, and, and so we talked about that and he's like, wow, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. He was very surprised at what I shared with him. And he actually said to me, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you say something um, when you realized that you, that you had a crush on me? right, that you were interested in me. And I said, well, because I put you on a pedestal and I thought someone like you and someone who looks like you would not be into someone like me. And he was shocked to hear that. And, you know, we ended up spending this lovely afternoon together. We went to the bedroom, we had beautiful sex and we laid around for probably about an hour and a half after and we talked and you know he lay on my shoulder and he cried and you know we had some very deep and uplifting and inspiring conversation and it was this really remarkable moment and we to this day stay connected and I realized after I'd had that experience and I kind of knew it already but it was this full circle moment where I went, wow, 
isn't it funny the the stories that are created in 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 our minds in my mind and 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 what might happen if i were to just lean in if i were to um question and reflect on the to the, the the stories that i'm telling myself about where i do and don't belong and who isn't isn't for me or into me right and <clears throat> and so you know to to jump back a bit to when i first entered the the gay community i remember initially feeling this sense of having gone from the you know the the frying pan and into the fire uh it 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 seemed clickish i experienced animosity within myself and um from other people um if there were two gay black men in the room we were often unspokenly at odds with one another because you know um there can only be one token which is a very sad thing um and i'm i'm glad to have grown out of that at this point i'm and i'm also glad to see that there are many of us who have grown out of that and i also felt like being a um person of color uh i had a very different experience um i i felt like i was often <clears throat> um measured sort of based on the color of my skin initially um and my physical appearance before anything else and um and that was really saddening to me because i knew that i had more to offer than that that i was more valuable and more than just how i looked um the size of my body the size of my cock the color of my skin and it took me some time to really come into that and to really own that and to navigate in a dignified way not defensive but dignified and there's a distinction because i initially navigated that space defensively so it looked like confidence it looked like dignity sometimes but it was defensiveness the dignity that i developed and grew um came from doing the work you know and and i stopped dressing for other people i stopped you know chemically straightening my hair i've mentioned this in previous episodes i've i stopped wearing contacts i i i i started loving my body and taking care of it because because i care about how i feel and and how i look um regardless of how i'm perceived and my relationship to the gay community really evolved it really really evolved because i wasn't there to um prove anything to anybody uh but myself and um and my relationships began to deepen and i became more than just a gay man in the gay community and now i'm blessed to have a variety of relationships in various communities including the gay community and what i'm most looking forward to i think at this particular chapter in my life and this platform and this community and this space have been a great way to to step into that is 
you know, supporting other people and coming home to themselves um, within this gay space, you know, within these gay spaces. And, and really, like we discussed here, transcending that shame, that limitation, that story, and coming to connect with one another, you know, um, transcending the projections, you know, that we throw at other people, transcending the internalized um, homophobia, transcending, um, you know, prejudice, discrimination, all of that, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 been it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I've come a long way. Um, I still feel moments where um, I see people, uh, gay people in particular behaving in a particular way and it brings stuff up for me. Um, I'm not fully resolved and, 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 uh, and yeah, I, I, I own that, but I've certainly come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, thanks for sharing that, Reno. Mm -hmm. I always love when you say stuff. <laughs> you just you always just got such good stuff in there um Thanks, i want to jump into like the um the kind of segregations because both you michael and reno touched on kind of like this idea of the segregation and like how people interact in the gay community and for myself when i first came out and like entered the community it was kind of this thing of like well where do you fit in and it was like i don't know like i and then it was like well you know pick one and it was like, okay, bears, otters, twinks, twunks, like daddies. The, like there was all these categories. And I was like, I'm, I, don't, I don't fit into any of those categories. Like I didn't feel like I did. And I was like, well, maybe I'm kind of over here, but like I'm not big enough to be over there. But like maybe that's part of what I'm attracted to. But then they're like, oh, but you're not big enough to be a, like a bear or whatever. So you don't fit in, in the community. And I just felt so like disjointed and like I was like okay well I don't fit in and like I didn't know how to navigate that when I was younger and so it kind of put like this bad taste in my mouth about the gay community and how we interact with, with it and I, I see this a lot in the gay men's brotherhood group about guys talking about how they don't fit in or they don't feel like they fit in um I mean I don't know what it's like in smaller towns but like in large towns when like Vancouver, Toronto, the big cities of the world, when you do have so many people that there are those segregated groups, I feel like we're doing ourselves a real disservice by continuously perpetuating those. Um, especially like now that I've gotten older and I've done the work and I figured my own stuff out and I see all this postulating and all these like segregated groups, I'm like, man, it would be so much better if we could all just like hang out and just be ourselves because yeah, that guy might look like a bear, but he also might like guys who are smaller or taller or shorter. Like he doesn't necessarily like that like aesthetic group of people, but he fits into it. So he's like, oh, I guess I'm over here. And then that kind of perpetuates that system of like, oh, well, you're in the bear community, so you must like bears. Or you're in the twink community, you must like twinks. Or you have to run. You can only be with somebody who looks equated to what group you're in. And that whole idea just like drives me crazy because it's like, and then you have people who like, maybe they do find somebody that they like and then they shame them because they're like, oh, that's not who I thought you would like, or that's not what you should be with. And then they judge them based upon like, I've seen like, like ageism where there's like 
I don't know of any, like their names off the top of my head, but like really young, attractive fit guys with like bigger guys and this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh, you could do so much better. And it's like, why do you feel that you get to judge somebody else's relationship? You don't know who they are. You don't know what they want. You don't know what they like. You don't know how this person treats them. You don't know that this person fulfills all these amazing things and all these amazing qualities. And that's such bullshit for you to come out of there and like be judgmental. But because we've packed ourselves into these little groups of like, no, this is what the bubble is supposed to look like. This is what's familiar. That's what we do. And I think the first time I really experienced in a gay community, gay setting where that wasn't true was when I joined the Gay Dodgeball League in Toronto because it was full of everybody and anybody in between. There was like everybody from all the different groups. It was the one safe space where like everybody came together because it didn't matter what size you were or what you looked like or this, that, and the other. It was like, we all just really enjoyed dodgeball and it was a lot of fun. And then afterwards we would all go to the bar and there was about 400 people in no, two, two, 400 people. There was a lot of guys in the league. So like the bar would be pretty packed, but everybody was kind of in this more open space where it was like, yes, we all have our differences in our groups and this, that, and the other. But on a Monday night when it's dodgeball, we can all just be ourselves. And like, everybody can hang out with everybody and talk to anybody because your team is also um, completely random. So you don't get to choose who's on your team. So then that also forces you to kind of bridge those gaps and bridge those barriers where it was like, normally you would never talk to this guy from a bear community if you're a little tiny twink, but then all of a sudden they're like best friends on this dodgeball team and they hang out on Monday nights. And I really loved how beautiful it was that like, all these different backgrounds and all these different people could come together and interact. And I was like, this is what I wish the entirety of the community was like, that we could have these kinds of spaces. And I've been told, I've not experienced it, but like in smaller towns or smaller communities that because there's such a smaller population of um, LGBTQ people that they are kind of forced into the situation where they can all get along. And I think in bigger cities that this is kind of like perpetuated, but when it comes to, interacting with the gay community and like where we fit into it it takes time to get to know yourself to figure out your own things like what you want what you need and realize that it's like the outside doesn't matter as much as the inside to me and now when I go out of course you see the people postulating and doing their thing and like you know making themselves look good or whatever because you're out and about and you're at the bar or whatever and people are trying to like show off but when you get to know yourself, that doesn't really matter. And you're like, okay, cool, you're doing your thing. But I'm not drawn to that. I'm drawn to the people who are just genuinely being themselves. And they're just like, I'm here for having a good time. And like, you can feel that energy when somebody has that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just my little, I'll get off my soapbox of like how we should integrate more um, intermingling between the quote unquote tribes or groups that there are in the community and especially apps like grind or whatever, where they literally, I don't know if it still does, but it would like segregate you. And I understand it because yeah, people do have their things that they're attracted to, but on the other side, I'm like, ah, oh, but like, that's just perpetuating that division between everybody. And it's, we're just stronger as a community together but I don't think we're going to get there until we start doing the work like we are in the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we're bringing people together from all sorts of different backgrounds. And it's like showing each other that it's like we all have the same struggles, no matter what 
you look like, no matter what size you are, no matter what's going on, there's so many similar struggles that if we can just get to a place where everybody gets that, then it can be like, oh, cool, you're just another human being like me. And it can be more like that mini dodgeball like community that I'm in, that it's like, everybody's just kind of like, cool, we all like dodgeball. It is what it like, you know, everybody gets along on a different level. I, I want to piggyback on what you said, and I know Matt hasn't shared yet. Something feels very alive in me right now. Um, <clears throat> two things. One, one of the things that I was very, very intentional, intentional about doing uh, over the years, I continue to be, is, is curating and cultivating a diverse circle of friends. Um, including people who do not share my values or my views necessarily. Um, and I might have mentioned this, uh, you know, pre previously at some point, but, you know, I have friends who are um, cis, white, heterosexual, Christian, um, conservative, right? And I learn a lot from them and they, and they learn a lot from me. Um, I remember there was this guy who used to frequent the gay nightclub here in Winnipeg. And um, um, may he rest in peace, he's no longer with us, but he used to show up to the gay club and he had this um, electric wheelchair. And I remember he used to come out and I would see him and he was by himself quite a bit. And um, one day I decided I was gonna go over to him and just introduce myself. And I don't want, I'm not sharing this because I want brownie points. That has nothing to do with that. Um, I, but I, I went over to him and I introduced myself and I asked him if I could dance, if we could dance, you know, because as best he can in, in his electric wheelchair, he, he does. And so every time we saw each other, you know, I'd come up and I'd join him and we'd dance and I got to know him better. And I'm so glad that I did because it wasn't too long after we had connected um, at the at the bar that that he died, you know, and I was so glad that I had the opportunity and took the opportunity to reach out to him and to and to connect with him. And so I <clears throat> I often see this in these in these groups in these establishments, you know, people are sort of um, in, in their cliques, and you know, I just think it's so important if you see someone, um, you know, who's maybe on their own or feels a little sort of out of place or lost like <laughs> say hello you know go say hi introduce yourself right like we've all been that person we know what that's like and the second thing I'm going to say as well is that um, even within our particular community here and and outside of it one of the things that I notice is there are and <laughs> I feel fired up as I share this but there are people who I notice will complain about feeling disconnected and like the gay community is a certain way and they just can't get in and do, 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 do. And I fully understand that feeling. And at the same time, I want to invite you to look at where you're um, living in story and, and, and ask yourself, have you been reaching out? Have you been reaching out and, and taking the opportunity to connect with people? Or are you still living in the narrative that it's not easy to connect with people in the gay community and gays are this way or that way or the other way? 
right? Because that I, I, I know what it's like to be on either side of that story. And I can tell you right now that it's so much better being on the side that I'm on right now where I'm open and I'm curious and I'm engaging instead of living in the story that gays are a certain way, the community is a certain way. I'll just never fit in. I'll never be able to connect. Do the work, reach out, you know? So, I mean, now I'm going to step down from my soapbox. Um, but I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> so many feelings. It feels good to hear it all from you guys. Um, yeah, I'm also, I also have a lot going on inside me. Um, yeah, I'm noticing... Um, almost like this duality. I'm having a dual experience. And pretty much most of my life, I've had a love-hate relationship with the gay community. Um, so maybe actually what I'll do is I'll share a little bit about how my lower self experiences the gay community. And then I'll share a little bit about how my higher self experiences the gay community. And we'll kind of dissect the dualism of the experience that I'm having. Um, okay, um, my lower self, my lower self has a lot of anger and a lot of hatred towards the gay community and um, my lower self doesn't trust other gay men. Um, my lower self really feels the lack of maturity in the gay community and how it feels to me like a junior high school almost it's like a popularity contest and who who can um be the a gays and who's going to be the d gays and the b gays and you know it's just there's just it's there's so much division and divisiveness in the community that um it makes me feel like it's almost impossible for me to belong to it. That's, that's what I felt like most of my life. Um, and I, I perpetuated that story. I made it impossible for me to belong to it. And I would only surround myself with people who were um, not entrenched in those stories, or at least I didn't think they were around being a gay or having to be popular or, or this or that. Um, I think I think a big part of this stuff for me and why I didn't allow myself to belong is because of the, the trust, like deep-seated trust issues around you know gay men and um, what they see my value as has always been a big thing for me, and I objectified myself <clears throat> in the gay community. So how could I expect anybody to treat me any differently than I was treating myself? But again, the higher lower self experience of this was me objectifying myself. I was also had a part of me that felt like I was devaluing myself. And I became, I developed a lot of resentment towards other gay men for this reason, because I felt like all I was good for was, you know, eye candy or to be um, objectified sexually, those sorts of things. And I just felt like I was never able to connect with men on a meaningful, in a meaningful way. 
And I think that's why I've swung so far to the other end of the pendulum now is that I, I really am having to relearn how to allow my sexual energy to move and flow and, and connect with other gay men sexually because I shut it off for so long because I, I didn't know how to navigate these two worlds. Um, I think <clears throat> when I, the, the, the video that I created that actually connected me to Callan, um, I created from my lower self. And it's funny when I go back and watch this video, I'm like, wow, like there's so much stuff there. Like I can feel this anger and this disconnected version of me that just was so angry that I didn't have connection and that I was lonely and that I felt alone in this world. And it was from this place that I actually started to, well, speak my truth. I had to first get courageous to speak my truth. And then I started to connect with people. I connected with Callan and I, you know, it just, it all kind of went from this place. And then, This, and then I guess maybe what I'll do is I'll transition into talking a bit about the higher self experience because I feel like I do spend mo more of my time. I'm definitely not going to say I spend all my time. I have the lower self experience with the gay community quite frequently, actually, still. Um, but the higher self experience is the experience of this notion of brotherhood because it really is, we are brothers, all of us. We, we all have a very similar flavor in the... Um, the traumas we've experienced in the feelings of disconnection in the feelings of being different in the feelings of, of oppression. Um, and I feel like when we can actually own those experiences and those feelings, we stop throwing them back and forth. It's like mudslinging, you know, that we're throwing these experiences of rejection and disconnection at each other instead of owning our mud and not hurling it at somebody and owning it and being like, you know, come over and let's talk about the mud that we have and let's connect over it. Um, that for me is when I started to move into my higher self experience of the gay community because I started to see people, well, started to see other gay men as, as no different than myself. Right. And I was able to, well, and to be honest, actually, a lot of this this stuff didn't come from from healing in the community. I think that's what's happening now for me. But I first had to heal within myself, and I had to start to do my shadow work. And that's what all of this comes down to. Like, pretty much 90% of my healing came from shadow work and really diving into, like, all of these things that I didn't like about myself or didn't like about how I didn't fit into certain things because of my shadows. And when I started to do this work, I, I started to open myself up to seeing people in a new way because I was no longer projecting my stuff onto them and making them the mirror or, or needing them as the mirror to see my own shit. You know what I mean? So now when I look at people, if, they are, if there is things within them that I see that remind me of things I don't like about myself, the more integrated these things are in me, the less I have hatred or anger towards them. And I invite them into sharing those experiences with me um, by giving them space to be who they are because I'm now giving myself space to be who I am. So when I, when I get caught up in these, like, these high intense feelings of like, I can't trust other gay men or I need to 
um, keep myself separate or I, I can't let myself belong to this group because I might get rejected or I might not, whatever. Um, I just remind myself that we're all like these like wounded little boys, <laughs> you know, like, and like whenever I have a conflict with somebody, one of the strategies that I use to try and soften my ego is I picture them being a five-year-old child and like what, why they're being this way is to protect themselves from feeling unsafe. And we're all doing this, but we're all using maladaptive strategies to try and protect our safety and to protect our egos from being exposed. Um, but when I see people in that light, it really softens me and it, it allows me to invite them in to communion with me and like unpack some of this stuff and, and authentically relate with them. <clears throat> so the brotherhood really, it, it does embody everything that I dream for in, in the gay community. And it's interesting because I'm now creating this space or we are now creating this space that I wish I had 10 years ago, <laughs> you know? And like, for me, like I have conscious community, I have all these things in my, in my personal life. Right. So I don't need them as much. Now the brotherhood is more like the cherry on top for me. Whereas I think some people they're coming into this experience and they're like, this is everything. This is my whole Sunday because I've never actually had these opportunities to share and, and be part of a conscious community. So, um, yeah, I think my wish for the gay community is for us to start to look at um, how similar we are instead of looking at how different we are. And that's the difference between heart-centered and ego-centered experiences is, is that, that simple uh, discernment, right? Is looking, are we going to look for the similarities between our experiences or are we going to look for the differences? And um, that's one thing that really triggers me about even some of the content in the gay or in the, the gay men's brotherhood is people constantly feeling the need to assert their beliefs and their opinions and like make it the truth, you know, like your truth is it's here and that's cool. Own your truth, but your truth isn't absolute truth. This is your experience in the way you perceive the world around you allow other people to have that same experience. Right. And I think when I do that more and more and more, I soften into just my truth. My truth is, is here, but I also create a little bit of um, space to lean into what the absolute truth is, right? And there's always that, right? Like I'm just perceiving the world through my two eyeballs. That's it, right? There's so much more happening on this world than what I'm seeing. So um, and a sense of openness is also what I wish for the gay community, that we all just remain open um, to learning and growing with each other. I was, I was, um, thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. Um, as you were speaking in the end there, I was reminded of, <laughs> I have this friend and I did this video recently and in my comments, and I, I went back to the timestamp to see, I was like, in what context is this coming from? Um, he writes, um, Jesus is the only king or something like that, like in my comments. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so I go back and I check the timestamp and I'm like listening. Cause I'm like, did I say something to elicit this sort of comment or response? Nothing. So I was like, <laughs> I commented below 
okay, cool. <laughs> That's it. But it took every ounce of me, I'll be honest, in that moment to not just be like, fuck off, you know? Because um, I was like, where, like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And like, that's great. Like, I'm glad you feel that way. But as you were saying before, you know, it's like those, those sort of blanket statements. It's like, my truth is the truth. Like, you run into trouble in that space, you know? And, and no one's into that. Like, you lost me. If you come at me with that, you've lost me already, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think if, openness, like you said. Yeah. yeah, I like there's this quote that I, I can't remember who it's by or where it was from, but the, the mind is like a parachute and only works properly when it's open, like fully open. And so it's like, if you're, I'm all for having your opinion, having your truth, but if you're so closed off to anything else, it's the same for me. Like if, if you're completely closed off to even listening to another person's opinion, then you don't deserve my time. You don't deserve to spew your belief at me because if you're not willing to sit at the table and have a conversation about it so that I get to tell my truth and you listen, you get to tell your truth and listen. And then somewhere in the middle, there's like that absolute truth between the two of them. There's always three parts to the story. It's yours, the other person's, and then what's actually happening in the middle. If you're not willing to meet there in the middle and kind of be like, you know what, I see that point. I'm gonna take a little bit of that on. And you see this point, you can take a little bit of this on. That's where the beauty happens. And that's why I like to, I'm like yourself, Reno, I like to keep people around who aren't necessarily within my realm of belief or completely agree with me because if we don't keep those bridges open, we're going to turn into these extremes, which, you know, we see a lot of that happening in certain places in the world right now. Um, not jumping into politics or anything like that, but like you see it and it becomes so, it divides people so much because they're no longer willing to listen to any other option, to any other truths. And it's like, okay, but when you do that, you close yourself off to so many other possibilities in the world. Like you don't know what you don't know. So when you do that, you close yourself off to knowing. And I'm just like, I would never want to live in that world. And if I don't want to live in that world, I have to be that example where it's just like, yeah, I have my beliefs, but I'm still willing to sit and listen to your beliefs as long as you are willing to also listen to mine. It's got to be a two-way conversation here. It can't just be like me talking and you listening or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I feel, I feel like the gay, you know, this idea of like fitting in and the gay community, it's like, I, I would invite everyone, myself included, to ask oneself, like, how much of, how much of what, I'm the, the how much of what I'm living in or how I'm experiencing the gay community and this idea of fitting in is is story and how much of it is actually true because I find like this is this is what we do we sort of look at the world and then we create all these thoughts and and feelings and energy about it and then we project it out onto the world and we go this is how it is and I'm telling you that this is how it is and it's like no, you're not telling me that this is how it is. You're telling me how you experience it. And if we can understand that, then we can start to become more curious and discerning and, and kind of break down, well, what's actually true here, you know? And, and 
And if I'm really here to connect, then how can I start to remove some of those barriers and question some of those stories that are keeping me out of connection and in fear, in shame, in story, in, you know, projection, right? In judgment. It's like, remove them then, if that's what you, if that's what you really want. Because I, I know, again, from personal experience, I make up all kinds of stories about, you know, who's what and what's happening where and what this means that and that means this. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting, you know. Mm. Check yourself, right? I say that with love. Mm. Yeah. Can I share a way that I like to connect with people who are on the surface very different than I? Yeah. Um, if it's, especially if it's someone who's gay, regardless of our age, race, belief system, whatever, we've all had that experience where as little boys, we knew we were different regardless. Right. And so I love hearing about people's coming out stories, especially how they came out to themselves and then how they first kind of realized, uh Oh, for me, it was an, uh Oh, it was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I'm not like the other boys. And I think, it's, it's a very fascinating way to realize that we have a lot more in common than we think we do, even within this tiny sliver of a gay community compared to the entire world. We are already such a small little sliver of it, right? And so I think it's, it's a really easy way to connect with others because everyone has a story about that. Everyone has a story about coming out to themselves about the first person they did come out to. And, and sometimes it's great and they were supported and loved and it was fine. Other times it took them a long time. Like we've got people in our own community who, are come, who came out at the age of like in their 40s and 50s even, right? And so I think that is a good reminder that we have all been through that. And we have all had to, in many cases, suffer and, and go through the fear and the anxiety and stress of, of having to come out. And that even if we came out here and then we went in widely opposite ways, we still have that in common. And that's one way I like to connect with other, other gays. That's great, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was there was an interview with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and I remember her saying she was like, I remember just receiving so much shame from other like women and mothers. I think it was related to parenting or childbirth or something like that. But I remember her saying she's like, we all go through this. Like, can't we all just make it easier on each other? Like, why why do we want to make it harder for each other? And you you know you nailed it, Michael. Like it, yeah. Like we we're all in this together. We're all going through this together. Like why, why would you want to make it harder on each other and yourselves? You know? Yeah. And I think our, our need for belonging actually, actually we have this need for belonging, but we're going about it in a very wrong way and it's actually disconnecting us. But deep down, I do believe, and I'm, I'm just, guessing here but I do believe deep down everyone has this innate need to want to belong even if they say they don't I mean I, I'm that guy who's like oh no I'm a lone wolf I'm independent don't talk to me but deep down I have that need and, and willingness to want to connect um, but I think when that's entrenched in a lot of shame or or distrust as someone mentioned that really prevents you from doing just that because mm -hmm. you're always afraid of getting burned right? yeah yeah. And I think you, you just made such a perfect point because I wanted to make this point. Um, so it's a good segue. If you think about fitting in and belonging, right? It's, they're on a continuum and belonging is more love-based. Fitting in is more shame-based. And I think when we fit in and we try to fit in, we're, we're using conformity and safety 
to fit into what other people need us to be because we're rooted in shame, right? And that comes with our belief system as well. Like we don't want to move straight away from our beliefs because we're so attached to them. And if we do start to believe new things, it means that people might see us as going against the grain or not conforming. And then we have the experience of someone else's disapproval and it incites our shame wounds and it, and it, and it triggers them. And I think as we do shame work, which essentially is shadow work, um, we start to move towards this whole concept of belonging, which is being able to show up as you are, right? And, and standing in your own dignity and integrity and even humility um, of what it means to be you in the context of the system around you. And um, it's still something I'm navigating because there's, there's so much there when it comes to belonging. There's so much there because not only are you belonging, when you show up authentically, you're also being mirrored back to you, you, like the real you, not your masks, not your personas, you know, your walls have come down and you're really there. And um, it's so neat. And there's, there's, there's some really cool pockets of people that I'm practicing this with in my life and you three are one of them. And it's just allowing me to show up and be 100% me. Like, I don't really hold back anything with you guys. And, um, and it's really cool to have this experience because, you know, we, we do have like little mini conflicts that come up in, 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 our, um, in our little foursome here. And we're able to unpack it and we're able to work through it. Um, and I do always notice whenever I come up to something that could potentially lead to conflict, I'm like, I could choose to conform or I could choose to belong. Right. And belonging means that you have to use your conflict for transformation. Right? You have to go in there. You have to be authentic and you have to open up this awkward space for things to kind of grow and evolve. And um, but I'm telling you, like it's it can feel really heavy at first and really anxiety provoking. But there's nothing more fulfilling than allowing somebody to see you for who you are and, and form those really tight bonds from that place. Um, it's, yeah, it's really nice. So I, that's, that's been my, my experience with the gig community is, is learning how to belong to it and quit fitting into it mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not a, um, going to play that game of trying to, to be somebody that I'm not just so other people will like me. I'm, I'm past that stage now. Yeah. I yeah. fully agree. I look at it. Like I've always looked at it cause I I've been doing my personally, I've been doing this work for well over 10 years and when I started doing it, I had the analogy of like the crabs in the bucket and I can either be one of the crabs pulling people back down because I didn't want to change because I wanted to fit in. And that's why the people who are trying to fit in are doing, they're trying to keep you small and pull you back down into the bucket. And I've always made a conscious decision, a conscious choice to be, you know, on the outside of the bucket, trying to pull people up who want to come out. And they're just, they're still so stuck in their fear zone of like, but I want to fit in. I want to fit in. If it's comfortable here, people like me here. And it's like, yes, but people will like you for who you are here. And you don't have to like leave anything behind. You don't have to lose anything. Things will just change. And it's just that fear of the unknown of how it could look. It's like, it's like what Michael was talking about that coming out kind of like when you come out, that's what the big thing is, is it's like, well, over here I fit in and people, People like me over here. And if I come out, I have to leave the bucket. I have to get pulled out of the bucket. And I don't know what it looks like out there. And it's like, yes, but you don't know 
like all you see is the walls of the bucket around you and it's safe and it's comfortable and you fit in and everybody's doing the same thing but you don't know you can't see the whole world is outside of the bucket and it's like if you're just willing enough to like push past that fear to go outside of the bucket then like it could be so much bigger and better than you've ever imagined and that's why i think the work we do and the work that people like us do to like lead people and to coach and to work with people is because we're the ones willing to stand in the middle on the side of the bucket, be like, we know how amazing it is out here. Let me help you come up. And so that people don't drag you back down and hold you in safety and comfort and just say, Hey, I'm here with you. I've done it already. I'll show you the way. Just have a little faith and believe in yourself. And like, you can see the outside of the bucket and like, it's so important to have those mentors or those people you look up to, pardon me, that like help show you along. And, and I mean, this works in so many different aspects of life and like business and, and personal development and everything. But like, if you can even like finding a mentor, like people you love reading their books or like on Twitter or anything, like people you aspire to be more like, like I remember it was for me, it was like Tony Robbins, Gabrielle Bernstein, more recently Brene Brown. And like, they are on the outside of the bucket being like, hey, this is how I got out to the outside of the bucket. And like, I will take your hand and show you how to do it. But yeah, like I'm no longer willing to stay in the bucket and keep myself small simply because it's comfortable in there. And other people are in there being like, yeah, I approve of you, but only if you're like this. No, nah, man, I'm out of the bucket. If you want to come out of the bucket, I'll show you how. That, that experience that we had when we first started the Brotherhood is exactly that. We had so many people trying to pull us back into the bucket. And it was just like, no. We, and, and it was really challenging for all of us. I know what we all went through. And, but now we're at a place where people are just lining up. And they're ready. They're, they're ready to make their, their transformation outside the bucket. You know? And it's, we've built this beautiful container for this to happen. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I had written uh, something a while ago, actually, around this recognition that uh, we're always coming out. That you know, that at least that's the, that's my my experience. My experience and my observation is that I am always coming out. We are always coming out in every moment. There's an opportunity for us. You know, we are blossoming. We are growing. We are evolving. And as such, we are exposing and discovering new aspects of ourselves in every moment. And there's, I, I think, to be alive, to be human, to be in this world, and to be evolving and blossoming constantly is a, is a, you know, is a courageous act. And coming out isn't just sort of this, um, you know, this this keystone moment where you maybe announce to the world that you're gay. Um, it the work just keeps going, the blossoming just continues, you know, in those moments where um, you may want to hold back an aspect of yourself or your truth or your expression, and instead you lean in and you bring it forth, you know. I, I love dropping this quote constantly, but uh, St. Thomas, you know, if you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you, you know. And so, um, yeah, I just recognize that the more of myself that I bring forward, the more of me there is to be loved, you know, to love and to be loved. And um, yeah, so 
coming out is 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 constant is constant in my experience and what's so beautiful is that and and Callum you said it like on the other side of this and and with support as well um because that definitely makes it easier knowing there are people in your corner that already love and support you but you know on the other side of this you start to connect with and attract people who you don't have to put on for like they're they're investing in you they're connecting to you they're they're you know entering into your world and and celebrating you and pouring into you and you into them um because of you who you are not 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 despite it or in spite of it you know and it's really powerful yeah and and liberating and yummy <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. Hmm. love it love you guys well we're coming up here at the end very close to the end does anybody have any wrap-ups they want to say before we jump off i think that this was a, a good conversation uh, as always but i wanted to thank you guys again like i started off because you know i think our sense of belonging changes as we evolve and mine certainly has and I remember a time where I asked for people just like you, and here you are. So, you know, it's one thing, one last thing that I want to mention to everyone out there watching or listening is sometimes we think the gay community is only what we see on TV or in ads or on Grindr. I want you all to know that's not necessarily true. Actually, it's definitely not true. That's just one sliver of it. There are gay people in all walks of life. Um, they're not just super muscular white men who are on apps um, or on ads that you see anywhere. There are a lot of people who have a lot of varying interests. I for sure thought I was the only person who considered myself spiritual who was gay. Um, and lo and behold, there's many of us. So, um, you know, kind of like what we talked about is the, the work you do on yourself, the, the greater that relationship is, it provides a template for relationships and sensing, sensing that feeling of belonging with other people. It's kind of counterintuitive, but that's, that's my final thought. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, cool. Thank you. Well, if you've been watching this and you absolutely love us, please hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on any of your platforms, hit the subscribe buttons, um, give us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. We really appreciate that and you can find out more information at gaymensbrotherhood.com that'll link you to everything you need to know our instagram our twitter the private facebook group which if you haven't joined please do that and i think that's it for today unless i forgot anything ah, i think we're good awesome well thank you very much this has been another amazing episode of gay men going deeper and we will be back at you in two weeks from now so have a great one everybody Bye. Mm -hmm.